Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to be back on the air again here at the Partridge Group and uh, continuing with our wellness podcast that we've been putting together. Uh, today has been uh, a good day because I get out interview my own dad, who uh, spent a lot of a lot of time in public service and safety with West Jordan Police and Fire, and uh, I kind of wanted to address some of his ways of how they dealt with mental health back then in the in the wee seventies. <laughs> And to kind of where he is now, uh, operating, managing the city of South Jordan, and kind of uh, some ideas of how they're implementing some mental health with some of their employees, and and why it's so important to keep things uh, going that direction. So, tell tell us, Dad. I mean, tell a little bit about what what you know, kind of where you were in the '70s, and why did you get involved in police services, and and what what was different about it then to compared to kind of how things are operating now. Well, thanks. First off, it's great to be here. Uh, it's a rare opportunity to be uh, involved with your business, and yeah. we've had an opportunity to work together uh, for the same place for a while, but uh, we didn't get to work side by side, but this is kind of a fun event for me to be yeah, here. Uh, good. Yeah, I uh, got into public safety uh, like probably most people do, uh, um, wanting to serve or be part of the community. Uh, my initial uh, way of got, I got into the business was there was an ad in the paper for volunteer firefighters in West Jordan back in about 1977. And, and I, I've been a resident of West Jordan since 75 and decided I wanted to participate in my community and kind of decided I would serve that way and and got involved and uh, and then from there it kind of went from uh, that to getting to know other public safety employees of the city and encouraging me to maybe come and be be a police officer and so uh, you know I, I went through the process and got hired there and then uh, kind of a different twist in a lot of ways back in kind of the 80s it got to be kind of in uh, kind of in vogue for smaller communities to cross train their officers for police and fire. So uh, at one time there was a point where in my career I, we did both. The, the police were trained to be firefighters and vice versa, and, and uh, we had kind of an interesting way that we operated. But you know, from a childhood perspective, I got to do kind of a. Uh, a boyhood dream of being a fireman and a policeman all at the same time, so it was kind of fun. But uh, I, I uh, you know, things were quite a bit different then. I think uh, we've all seen um, the social interactions that we see with law enforcement, especially in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, I think there's, I think when I was involved in it, there, there wasn't a, any kind of a you know, an emphasis on uh, certainly mental health issues, and um, uh, there was a certain uh, amount of uh, you know machoism or or whatever. Fairly back in those days, there weren't very many women even in law enforcement, so it was fairly dominated by males. Even I think today it still might be a little bit, but we're seeing trends where that's changing. But yeah. but definitely uh, more male oriented and, and uh, I don't think I had any uh, female uh, counterparts 
in either part of my 20-40 year career. So it was kind of coming at the end of my career, but in the in the early 2000s. But yeah, uh, and so you know, there's always been uh, this thing about being a tough guy and and toughing it out, and uh, and certainly uh, I don't think. Uh, Cities back then were or departments were so sophisticated and their knowledge and understanding of training and mental health particularly was never offered uh, wasn't even discussed through post or yeah. or any of those kinds of uh, environments I don't even recall anything even being uh, offered as a training externally outside of post even you know that you could go learn about mental health and and wellness, but yet, even though things were maybe not quite as active socially interacting with law enforcement in a negative way, there's always uh, things, I mean, certain parts of law enforcement are never gonna change. The, the ugly side of the business that you see sometimes where you're seeing people maybe not at their best yeah, for one reason or another, whether it's you know drug-induced or alcohol-related or um, people just having you know a bad situation with their with their own selves and and you're experiencing exposed to those uh, difficulties and uh, there's always uh, very sad and tragic type of things that occur where you know I, I, I think I was on a three car fatality uh, and probably uh, really didn't have any way to prepare for that no no there, there wasn't any training. It was still to just suck it up and, and throw some dirt on your wound and keep going through what you're going through. Yeah, very much internalized most of that uh, type of stuff. And, and uh, you know, as a, as a police officer and, and as a firefighter, uh, uh, definitely experiencing um, sadness Yeah. Uh, where you're out there and seeing uh, just sad things that have occurred, whether that's uh, a death of a child, or uh, you know, a, you know, it's a SIDS type of a scenario where you you're going on the death of a small baby, yeah. uh, and seeing and you know interacting with with the people surrounding that event is is always difficult, and you can't help but not be somewhat impacted by that. Yeah, um, I think a lot of it we we try to uh, you. you you, you tend to kind of internalize it with your other peers to even sometimes, but it's not like you talk about it in a serious way, but even injecting humor sometimes and making light of some of these types of situations internally uh, with one another is a way of trying to decompose, de decompress yourself out of, out of it, you know. Um, I mean, we'd never be, you know, that way in front of someone, but there are ways that you could kind of try to talk to your uh, peers in a, in, with some kind of humor associated with things that were difficult to deal with, to try to maybe deal with it from that perspective. Well, and you 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 got you had a rare uh, you had a rare career because of the opportunity you had to work both sides, and and, and for me, uh, I I began to see it you know later on in my career that you know fire services to some degree was just set up to be a little bit better dealing with mental health. I mean, you could, 
go to a call for service, get off the wagon, come back in the firehouse, eat some dinner and talk about it as peers and have that peer-to-peer contact. But for, for most officers, um, it's uh, go to the call for service, hop back in your vehicle and then continue to isolate yourself for another 10 to 12 hours and not talk about it as much. Did you see the difference from working police and into fire even back then and then kind of yeah, that, I, that dynamic of, of, of talking that made things a little bit better? I, I do think that uh, fire services provides a, a different um, kind of co-worker relationship. Yeah. I, I do think police officers in general tend to be uh, pretty tight with one another. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there's times where you, 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 you can typically find uh, someone you, you really connect with in your department. And, and I, I do recall having often some discussions with some of my uh, co-workers in law enforcement uh, about things, but you're still always skirting the real difficult part of the conversation. You just kind of briefly scratch it. Um, but in but in the fire department, you, you live with people you know, 24-7, and these bonds that are created are almost similar to family, you know? And you do feel more comfortable at times, and there is a bit of a social aspect that you can you can find ways of talking about it. And you know, one thing that we did in in fire that we didn't do in law enforcement is we'd always go back and talk about the call. Yeah, you got And and we did kick it around the kitchen table, you know, and have have that. And there were times when we did talk about our feelings uh, about what we saw and did, and, and how the actions of the scene went, but. Yeah, so I think there's a bit of a difference there for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, knowing now what you knew then, I mean, you you, uh, you obviously dealt with some some stuff yourself and found different copingisms growing up and getting through that line of service. And uh, with all of your experiences and now where you are today, what, why do you, especially as a city manager, why are you seeing value in mental health for your employees, especially for police and fire and and, and people that are dealing with these, these rough calls for service in these rough, rough times, why, why, is it, why is it important? Well, I think there's a couple of things that I can think of uh, that you may not associate it with, but um, I would say that most local governments are always behind the curve as far as staffing. So one of the things that we're always uh, dealing with is, is probably running a little bit shorthanded. Yeah. You know, we never, or we're never going to have enough money to get to the kind of staffing levels we feel are absolutely adequate. And so then you, you're really kind of running people uh, all the time, right? So the idea of their mental well-being and being engaged in the, in, in the game, if you will, is really important when you're not running at full capacity. And then, you know, what we've seen lately, I would say in the last five to seven years in law enforcement is this constant turnover. Um, challenged by financing, trying to make more money for you know the, these guys and, and, the, and people are moving around to, to try to you know make a better salary and living for their families, which I understand. And, and so we're always running short staffed. And uh, so you compound that where you're asked to work maybe extra hangover, uh, a few hours for the next shift to help out because somebody's off and and um, you really need to be mentally in the game and 
because you're you're getting uh, you know uh, pulled pulled all all directions. But so I think one is you you want to have people mentally kind of ready for that, you know, and that they're being able to engage in the game uh, full, at full at full throttle. So. Part of that mental piece for me is getting people to take vacations and be on vacation. And, and in today's world, we haul our phones around with us and all of that. And we, we've really been encouraging people. And this, I really think, has a relationship to mental health, is leave your, you leave your phone at home. Don't, don't take your work phone to, to your vacation. Yeah. Disconnect yourself from that. Uh, and, and it, is, is, it rolls over to just more than just public safety, but you have someone like a department head, a, a police chief, the fire chief, or a city manager in my case. You know, if you don't, if you take your phone on vacation, it's going to ring. Yeah. And you're going to pick it up, and then you're going to worry about what you just went through or the problem that you should be solving, and, and you're not. But I, I really think part of this kickoff for me has been watching department heads not really have an opportunity and uh, to, to check out, yeah. to get away from work and truly get disconnected from the phone and, and everything else and just uh, really do that. So we've been encouraging that. But, but that's, uh, on the public safety mental side, it's just the stress of the job and understanding all of these um, things that impinge upon you, that somehow you've got to release that. Right. You've got to have an opportunity to outlet yourself uh, so that you can unload some of this stuff and not carry it around with you every day. And my own experience is, is I never had an opportunity to do much of that. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's unfortunate that we didn't recognize these things earlier, but I think it's important for the productivity of our employees, for their interactions with the public, on duty as well how, how do they interact with people and, and problem solve every day as well as how do they interact with their families and we you got a you got somebody whether it's employee in public safety or employee somewhere else with family problems and they're not figuring out how to work with one another very well that that just typically rate, rate rolls over to the work and your ability to be productive and all these so it's kind of an investment for me not only in the person, but in the overall organization, because it helps be people be better at their work and more productive. Well, I'll tell you, you <clears throat> people are listening to you because we went over and uh, had a chat with Jeff Carr uh, a couple of weeks back, the police chief of South Jordan, who um, we were talking about doing some uh, status assessments and things like that. And he had just gotten back from a vacation and said he was just trying to catch up on hundreds of emails because he did just that. He didn't take his phone with him. He didn't answer the phone. He says, I, I completely just checked myself out and was on vacation with my family and wasn't worrying about what was happening here. And he said he's never done that. And it was it was really yeah. a, an interesting thing for him. But he says, I'm grateful that I did it, to just have that disconnect. Yeah. So Well, we spend a lot of time getting seconds, right? Deputy chiefs or assistant chiefs or uh, whatever. These people are there to help help you out, you know. So if they're not able to be in charge when you're gone, then we got the wrong person there. So but the, right. these are the mechanisms that we're putting in place to help support all of our employees in, in this mental health scenario. I think life in general, 
uh, has gotten more complicated and it's definitely been more, sh it's more stressful uh, for people. Yeah, uh, there, and there's many reasons for it, whether it's your work or your finances or your marriage and it's your kids and it's all of the infringement we have on social media and these other elements that are weren't the weren't there in this you know 70s and 80s and even part of the 90s really uh, that we had to contend with. But yeah, well, mental health's come along. I mean, your your generation of law enforcement definitely made an impact for my generation of. of well, even 10 years into my career, we didn't have any peer support programs or things like that. But uh, I, I think your generation of law enforcement, as we lost, you know, lose so many lives from guys to their own guns and things like that because it wasn't addressed and there was no there was no help or they didn't know how to get help. <coughs> Excuse me. And so I think we learned a lot from your generation. We still have a lot of, oh, a long way to go. But uh, people like you that are, you know, in the higher ups that are, you know, saying yes, we can make some money available to add those services to our employees and recognizing and helping people recognize it is is a good thing. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I just had a lot of really interesting incidences where, you know, one in law enforcement where we, uh, I was in, in a, involved in some folks that, uh, you know, an officer ended up shooting someone yeah. um, inside of a hotel room when we were doing a, um, a drug deal, uh, and you know that that guy never survived. Uh, his law enforcement career ended within a year after that incident, and it, it, he never saw anybody. I, none of us, uh, other than having a quick briefing about the strategy and tactics of the event, right? Uh, we didn't talk about any other parts of it yet. We had an officer shot at. Had an officer, they actually hit him over the head with a lamp in the hotel room to try to knock him out, and 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 you know, and then being involved in that, and then you know, CPRing the guy because he got shot by the officer, and you're trying to save the the bad guy, and I mean, all of that, you you dealt with all that, and then you just went home. Yeah. Just went, you just went home, and uh, you you never you never talked about it again, you know, or and it's all internalized. I. I remember uh, just briefly. Uh, uh, I was called out, and this was really early in the in my South Jordan fire career, still partly a volunteer organization, uh, and, and quite frankly, uh, five people perished in that fire. And um, there was a lot of media coverage about, well, they're a volunteer. Would they have these people been saved if they were in a full time fire department? But the, in, the, the intimate side of it, being there on scene, managing the scene, and I just remember this happened in the middle of the night, and then by that evening, finally coming home after all of this, you know, and, and dealing with it, and, and just kind of broke down, yeah. you know, in, in, in my wife's arms going, you know, I, I hope I did everything right. I hope I didn't. Whatever my actions were didn't cause any of that. And the, those are the things I should have had opportunities to go talk through and, and deal with, but never did, really. So it's interesting. Yeah, I, <coughs> so I think that, uh, like what you said, I think we all have, you know, we are all exposed to certain traumas, and our traumas are our traumas. And I think one thing that I really try to push out on this podcast is that, you know, it's okay to, to have those feelings and those emotions, but 
it's really what we do to manage it so that we stay yeah. we stay healthy we don't sink and drink and do all these things that are unhealthy coping skills and I'm, I'm glad you're you're providing this I, I really support the effort of the mental health mental health being well in your mental health uh, whether you're in public safety or you're in a other higher stressful type jobs get yourself in and, and talk through it because you're going to be better off a better husband a better worker a better boss a better employee yeah. uh, and you're just going to be able to do things better by by making sure you're mentally well well dad thanks for coming out i appreciate you coming and sharing some of your history with your career and uh, the importance that you find in mental health and um, we look forward to having you back again sometime yeah love to come thank you for having me it's yeah. been a pleasure you're welcome